0: Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Balanced Chaos Podcast. We are so excited <laughs> to be <have you> here. <laughs> we weren't sure who was going to say that part, so that's where the <laughs> laughter comes from. Welcome. Welcome. We wanted to bring you a little joy, so we're going to start with the laughter. <laughs> I feel like today is
1: going to include a lot of laughter. I don't know why, but that's just the mood we both ended up in.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. And, you know, funny enough, we're going to talk about drama. Yeah. (laughs) So, funny, not funny. But, yeah, let's jump right in. So, (laughs) we today
1: are covering childhood trauma, how to uncover your trauma, whether you think you have it or not, understanding what it is, how to grow from it, and then how not to uh, give this Trauma to your child? Yeah, how to like
0: pass it down. Trauma bond? Yeah. I don't know. It's my first day. Um, Well, I think first thing is like when we talk about childhood trauma, a lot of people go, I don't have that. My parents were great. I had a really great family life. I, you know, nuclear family, whatever you want to say. And middle class, everything was good. But the thing is, is like trauma is not always something... Horrific and horrible that happened in your life as a child, and it, this is also not taking away from that, but it's just we process things in a way that creates it to be trauma Instead of us. us. Yeah. yeah,
1: no, you're. I would have said the exact same thing. It's oh, like, good, I, I read her mind. No. <laughs> you did. You just said it perfectly. <laughs> uh, yeah, trauma is just anything that makes us feel like it's out of our expectation of how it should be. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. Like, I've seen people who, as soon as you say, I'm gonna refer to childhood trauma, they get defensive or that guilt of, no, my family was great. And it's like, no, 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 let's, if we even go a bit deeper, if your parents told you you couldn't have candy before dinner and you internalize that as, my mom doesn't think I deserve
0: anything nice, then that created a traumatic impact on your being, on like how you think about. Anything like that.
1: Yeah. So then the rest of your life we're having this thing where every time you get something nice you feel guilt for it. Yeah. Like, oh I can't spend that much on myself or I can't do this much for myself. And it's like not because your parent said, You don't deserve nice things, <laughs> right? But it's just how you processed it as a child. So that's why it's so important to peel back these layers and uncover what's what your blocks are and what is in there so you could see that some of these things are just ideas
0: from childhood that you're carrying and perpetuating you can let go yeah. of. Yeah, because it's basically just, I, I always like to think about it as an imprint. Like we have all these like little imprints on, um, on us that we've taken from things that our parents have said, from maybe something at school that happened, and y- you don't realize it you don't really have any idea until you start talking about it with, you know, an energy healer or in therapy or in some sort of a space where it feels safe to like examine it a little bit. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's why I do that. And I know for me, like I will find new things all the time that I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That's where that comes from. Huh. Okay. Okay. Let's, uh, reshift that around. So I don't have to live like that anymore because that's the thing really is you don't, Have to live with these traumas impacting
1: you forever. Right. Once you become aware of them, you have the power and the energy to shift them, shift your perception, forgive yourself, forgive anybody who helped create the trauma for you and your Mm -hmm. idea of how that was, and to move forward. You kind of have to call your energy or your power back, Yeah, but until you're aware— you can't. can't. Yeah. So that is why, if somebody's asking about your childhood trauma, <laughs> don't automatically deny or say, I don't have any, because <laughs> yeah. we all have some of it. We, yeah, everybody has something. something. I mean, I'll even, a silly example of a childhood trauma I have in fifth grade, my teacher uh, told this blonde girl that she had the perfect hair. And to this day, I'm blondeorexic. I cannot get my hair blonde enough. <laughs> and it's like, not that my hair wasn't beautiful. She just mentioned that this one girl's hair was beautiful. And it is funny how much I like my hair being white now. And, and you're and, like, I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> <But>
0: <laughs> I'm it's, blonde.
1: Like, I don't even care about the approval from that fifth grade teacher now. Right. I don't even remember her name. But that was a
0: technically a childhood, childhood trauma. trauma. Well, and I love that you point out that you don't even remember her name. Like, it's crazy the little things that impact us so much that it doesn't mean that we even cared about the person that said it. It just hit us in a way that was like, <gasps> okay, I need that. Or I'm not enough. Or mm-hmm. I, if, if somebody's going to love
1: me and accept me, I need to change something or yeah. have that. That's, I guess, what my inner child was doing. <laughs> yeah, I need that.
0: Yeah, I I have a a little silly one too, I'll give you. I wore the the wrong uniform bottoms the first day of 6th grade coming to school. <laughs> if you went to uh, school with me, you you maybe you remember this. Probably not. I don't know, maybe you do. <laughs> I was a new girl that came in shorts and everybody wore skirts. And it I you know, I went to school and my mom would always say, "I would have turned around," which also her saying that, "Love you, mom," probably made it on the one hand, I feel like I'm like, I'm fine. I'm always fine. And that was kind of my MO was like, I was just fine all the time. (laughs) I didn't let myself feel that that was traumatic, but I totally like to know what I should be wearing to certain things. And I'm like, is... Am I going to be overdressed? Am I going to be underdressed? Is everyone wearing a skirt and I'm wearing shorts? (laughs) (laughs) What's happening? Because it is. It makes you
1: feel like oh, like especially at that age when you're not good at like protecting or processing. Yeah, I'm
0: different. Everybody's going to notice. I'm the odd man out, and that is not the best feeling. Yeah, and you know, referencing our last podcast, thinking about that social part of your nervous system, like of course you want to make sure that you're in Mm -hmm. with the community, right? So all those little tiny things that happen. I think junior high age is a huge one because you're finding your way and people are mean. Oh, it's yeah, <laughs> it's definitely shaping you. And I think that is at the
1: you know, the end of your childhood. So mm-hmm. also a lot of our memories are there.
0: Right. Like you might not remember the thing about the candy until yeah. you really like go back, go back, go back, but you're gonna remember the the blonde hair or the wrong Shorts. outfit. <laughs> yes. So, and and there's both. So there are the big
1: traumas of, you know, like you hear the horrible childhood stories of somebody who's under emotional abuse or physical abuse. Yes. We are not taking away from those. Those are also traumatic experiences. But I think it's important for each individual to know that traumas aren't to be compared. Yes. Because so many people avoid their own healing or their own feelings by saying something like, well, there's people who have it so much worse than me. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, that's true. percent But we're all in different lifetimes. We're all getting different lessons that our souls need to grow. So whether or not you in comparison, you think your trauma is big or not, maybe in a
0: previous life you had a lot of big trauma. So in this life, you're getting a little break. <laughs> yeah, right? And you might be just taking it, taking it easy and having those things. But they still, yeah. So if they're whether they're shorts. <laughs> Or they're you getting beat. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> Sorry, not funny.
0: Not funny words.
1: We're not we, laughing at people getting beat. I was no. just laughing at my comparison to yes, be politically yes,
0: correct. Yes, and We told, we started it off. We are yeah. laughing, laughing today.
1: But whatever it is, you just need to own your truth to help you heal from it. And don't judge yourself for like, oh, that's so stupid. Why do I think that's traumatic? Or why yes. did I?
0: I think that is so huge. And it's definitely something that I, I don't know. Wrestled with like that feeling of guilt because you know, you're like, okay, I look back and everything was great, but there's these little things that I'm like, oh, but was that part great? Was that? And, and like we said, it's really about like how it hit you, like how you took it in more so than anything else. So it doesn't mean that you, you don't love your parents, you don't love your family, you don't think you had a Great childhood. Right. It doesn't mean you're ungrateful. No, it's okay. You let go of that guilt. Exactly. Any of that.
1: I mean, it is, it's the things you question. Am I lovable anymore? As a yeah. child, I think is like the yeah. big thing. Like when I look back at any of my childhood traumas, it was like, if I'm not this thing, then I'm not worthy of love. And that made me feel scared. And to those traumas are what have helped as an adult made me either push people away or create a controversy in my life. Because I was acting from the trauma rather than my highest self.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful way to...
1: Thank you. Great I am example. floating right now. I don't even know how I got there. <laughs> um, <laughs> that wasn't me. I think I just channeled.
0: All um, right. Well, it worked. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, whoever came through. No. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> thank you, spirit guides. Um, and that's why... So <laughs> bring us to the next point. That's why you want to look at your childhood trauma. Because most of our traumas or our core wounds, things that we get when we're children, are actually... What attracts things to us now? So if you feel like you're constantly being left out or every time you meet a guy, he's a liar. Or you can never get money. Yeah. So yeah, any of our patterns that we're repeating Mm -hmm. that you notice come up in relationships with other people or in relationship to our life, so like the money, Mm -hmm. then there's probably a childhood trauma behind that that is attracting it to you because your soul is constantly trying to heal itself so what it does is it seeks out scenarios, people, situations that pull on that trauma
0: so that you'll heal it. Yeah. So the reason you're attracting these people is for you to grow. Awareness. Lucky you. But I mean, really, it's so It's so cool when you open yourself up to this and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a repeating pattern. Because one, I think we tell ourselves a story that everyone's just like that, and that's why this is happening. It's mm-hmm. not that you're being taught a lesson or that you could have anything to do with attracting it. Yes. Like, it's it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. Yeah, it is. And the thing I love about that is it kind of gives you your power back.
1: Because yes. if you think, like, okay, so I'm just going to make, I'm going to use a dating example because it's easy. Yeah. So no. I keep attracting cheaters or liars, Every right? guy out there is, is a, a cheater and a, a liar. liar. And... It, it Once you realize that, no, 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 I'm attracting this because I have an abandonment issue because mm-hmm. my parents said they'd be home at six, but they kept getting home at 10. Let's yeah. just say it's that. Yeah. And you need to comfort your inner child there. Well, then you can call your power back and guess
0: what? You start to heal that, shift your perception, and now you can attract a nice guy. <laughs> now that you're like, oh, there's there were all these people. Where were they this whole time? They were just waiting for you to heal your trauma so they could come in. So you're a vibrational match. Yes. And the same thing, like, I get a
1: lot of people who come in and they're like, I left this job. My boss was horrible. Mm-hmm. Now I'm at this job. I have another horrible boss. Yes. And every time I'm like, okay, how did you feel about your dad growing up. And most people are like, no, no, no. And I'm like, was your dad a hard worker and a perfectionist? And did you have to do a lot to get his attention and you never felt enough? Every time they'll think about it for a minute and then be like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, so this is transference. Your boss (laughs) is now your dad and you need to stop expecting
0: your boss to fill your daddy issue. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. I mean, a lot of them come back to mom or dad. I know, which is
1: like, not to say mom and dad are bad, but they're the first people who show us love. So it's easy to feel like if you disappoint them, yeah, like you're not going to be lovable by anybody else. So that's why I refer to parent trauma a lot. Yeah, Though childhood trauma can come from anyone, a teacher, a friend,
0: yeah, an aunt and uncle. So don't think it's just parents. Yeah, there's all sorts of people out there. <laughs> so many people creating this for us. So, so many mirrors. <laughs> so many mirrors for us. But yeah, the the parents, I do think... It's very easy to not want to look at that. So that's that's one that gets really um, uncomfortable, I it guess, does. in the beginning when you're like, oh, but I love them, What I don't know. And it's okay. It doesn't mean you don't love them.
1: It doesn't. And it doesn't mean they didn't love you. Yes. You hear that, mom? Just because I talk about my childhood <laughs> trauma on this podcast that you listen to does not mean I don't think you're wonderful.
0: <laughs> we love you, moms. <laughs> um, yeah. So... That is trauma. <laughs> so no, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so let's give you tips and tricks to learn like what your trauma is. Most of the time when you're looking at trauma and you're not working with a healer or a therapist and you kind of want to do some self-help work on yourself. Yes. Start to look at where your triggers are.
0: What makes you feel? I always like to think about like what makes you feel like you're out of body almost like you're so... Angry, hurt, upset—that you don't are out of control. Like that
1: is a trigger. Mm -hmm. Something that makes you want to like, what's it like? Frantically text somebody to get your feelings (laughs) out because you're mad and like you send text after text after text. Yes, that there's probably some childhood trauma under there.
0: Yeah, and it can be so. That's like more where you're just attacking and going and then it could be the opposite that you're like recoiling away and you're like nope I'm just I'm not talking to anybody for a week or like having some sort of bodily reaction where you get shaky hot yeah sweaty those are all triggers and signs from your nervous system that they're like ah help this me help scratching me. a wound this that I have yeah. yeah
1: also in relationships so like if you're married or dating because you can use it either way
0: mm-hmm.
1: use them as your mirror like if you notice like we've talked about this before in previous
0: podcasts, it, it, but like it can be said time and time again because I think it's true. Good, it's, but
1: if, if 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 you notice, like every time my husband's fifteen minutes late, I like flip my lid. Yeah. Well, okay, then there's childhood trauma under there. Like, why is that
0: bothering you? Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a, a nice little Hal sign. Is so early. I love you, and he, <laughs> but you're so early, and he likes to be early, and that's great. I don't, and I actually realized. Since being with him Like I Was afraid To be early Like it made me Very uncomfortable Because I was like Someone's not ready Someone's not this Or um, Like I looked like I was Too excited To be there I think really That's what it was For me When I Think about it It's like I didn't want to look like, because I'm cool. I'm fine. Everything's fine. So like, why would I, why would I want to be the the first? (laughs) Cucumber over here. Cucumber. But But it made me be like, oh my gosh, we're going to be the first ones there. I don't know if I'm okay with that. And well, it
1: also makes you responsible for somebody else's, like, because you're an empath. Mm -hmm. If you're the first one there, you're like, well, how am I going to keep this conversation going? How am I going to make sure they're comfortable? And you're anticipating their emotions because you can feel it. So that was probably more awkward for you. Yeah yeah I don't like it yeah
0: I'm still I still don't like it but I've gotten we've both eased up and now we're just on time
1: so <laughs> this well but this is a really good example of her soul that there's there's a, probably a reason she's so attracted to her husband but I, her I like soul, him, so. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but your soul drew you to somebody like that on purpose to help you cope and deal with this yeah yeah and I
0: had to because he's not okay he's not dealing with it the other way no yeah well <laughs> yeah. I'm better at time
1: now. Like I, I think I got better once I had a child and like my business that is appointment based. Right. Still not great, but better. Better. Um, <laughs> Same. But Grayson's dad grew up in a military family and his biggest pet peeve is anything not Same. on time. And I know like I've healed it a little bit now, so I don't need anybody like him again, but <laughs> <laughs> I know my soul sought somebody out that was like so specific and triggered to help me balance out a little bit. And I think his soul brought him me because right. it was like, look, dude, some people just float. Okay. It's okay to float.
0: <laughs> we don't look at the time. It's fine.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's funny that usually your partner will have a polarity to you. Yes. But that goes with their childhood trauma mm-hmm. and then yours. And there's these stories you guys both keep telling yourself and you will only come to a resolution once you guys both see you're acting from your trauma and you can meet from your higher selves.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And which is why like communication is so important because like if you just sit around and resent that your partner didn't pick up the dishes, guess what? Yeah. Nothing's happening. Nothing's changing. (laughs) Nothing's changing. And they're just like, oh, she does everything. And always- She must not mind. She Mm -hmm. loves cleaning. Yeah. Or like the like, she doesn't let me do anything. You know, like I think that can come a lot. I feel like a lot of husbands- Will feel like they don't have any control in their house because they are going to get in trouble, and so that's another. I think that's a big one.
1: I really agree with this, and I this is a little off topic of this (laughs) subject, but I want to go here anyway. Okay, because I'm glad you said that because (sighs) we emasculate our men a lot of times, and I hear women that Mm -hmm. do come into my office, and they're very resentful that they don't have any help. But then I talk to the husband's side and it usually is him saying like, well, I've tried it before and she says I don't do it right or I'll ask her how and she says, well, if she has to explain it to me, then she might as well just do it. And you're never going to get your need met if you just don't take the five minutes to communicate what you need, how you expect it to be done. And then you'll see it's quite nice to have the extra time.
0: Yeah, you need that help. And then they feel good because they are contributing. contributing. But I will also say like also... Chill out a little bit. Like, it's It's not going to be exactly how you do it. If he doesn't load the
1: dishwasher how you like it, who cares? The dishes got ran and you're going to empty it anyway. They're not permanently in there like that. It's (laughs) for that one load.
0: (laughs) They're not in there for life. And if one uh, plate gets chipped, you're going to be okay.
1: Yeah. Well, that's like, don't sweat the small stuff. Yes. Because I've realized there's times where, like, I'm stressed, I'm busy, and I always say, well, I like to cook, right? With Devin. Mm -hmm. And then there's days where, yes, I like to cook, but I've been go, go, go. If he offers to cook, it's okay for one day to let him and not have control over it. And yes, it's one day. And I just feel so much better to be able to sit
0: on the couch and have my glass of wine and breathe for a second. Yeah. Because sometimes you need that. And sometimes you probably need to cook to be do the creative part. But it's like you've, it doesn't always have to be one way. Yes. I mean, I, we are very unstructured in that because I do feel like sometimes I'm like, I really feel like cooking. I know I worked, but I need to cook. And sometimes I'm like, yeah, I don't. Don't even ask me what I want. Yeah. I don't even want to make that decision. Decision. No, me either. (laughs) And I appreciate
1: it. And I'm like, and then I I had to learn this because I did used to be somebody because I like the way I cook things. Mm -hmm. Like if he did make something that I would make too, to be like, well, this doesn't taste or you didn't put enough of. And I'm like, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, Brooke, it's one
0: day and I'm just glad that I got to sit down. Yeah. So don't correct it. Don't like. Right. Like let it be their meal. Yeah, Let it be their time they're loading the dishwasher. It's not yours, and it's not going to be the same, and that's okay.
1: Take the control away. Because, again, in the grand scheme of things, that one loaded dishwasher isn't going to affect your life. Yeah. And Even if your favorite plate breaks,
0: you'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> you will. And you'll feel so much better for having some time and space. Yeah. Agreed. I'm glad we went there. Yeah, that was great. It <laughs> was great. I hope you guys enjoyed that, too.
1: <laughs> Somebody must have needed to hear it that thought they <laughs> needed to hear about childhood trauma. I will say... People with the biggest childhood traumas or like unmet needs in childhood trauma tend to be the most controlling. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's because you're trying to control your environment now because you didn't feel like you had any control
0: when when you you were were a child.
1: child. Yeah. So if you feel like your husband's never listening to you or can't do anything right, maybe you need to look at some of your childhood traumas and release them so that you don't need to have that much control.
0: Yeah. I mean, anything. We brought it back full circle. We did. That was great. (laughs) Yeah. Because anything that's super triggering, anything that you're going to, you're super mad at you have trauma from it so like if you are so controlling go back what was See happening why?
1: yeah why do we need this much control and why are we so irritated or affected when we don't have it yeah that irritation is telling you there's, there's something, something there something's there I've also noticed like the more controlling the person the more shame they have yes which also comes from childhood trauma mm-hmm. if your parents are always correcting you you're gonna turn out very shy or very shameful like, yeah,
0: because you just feel like everything you do isn't quite right or good enough. Yeah, yeah. which is sad, heavy. Yeah, not tight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not tight. Yeah, and I write journal on that. Journal on that.
1: Like, well, journal on the things to become aware of. Like, what are the things you feel the most embarrassed or shameful about mm-hmm. that you wouldn't want people to find out. And, the, well, you know, they might get found now that they're written in this journal. But. Yeah. I mean, don't leave that open somewhere. Know, I'm just kidding. But that's where your shame is. And that's what needs to be released. Because really, are these things that shameful? If I can be vulnerable with you, like just the example of the blonde hair thing. If I can be vulnerable about like why I'm so self-conscious about how blonde my hair is. And then once I say it, it's almost funny. And we can all like, oh, it's Laugh. fine. That's kind of cute. Yeah. Then I don't have to hold it in and then like get triggered every time somebody calls me a brunette.
0: Yeah, like <laughs> exactly, but it, it's so it's so interesting how just like simply saying it changes it. It does. It shifts the the tenseness, the yeah. intensity, and then you're like, oh, why was I so so holding on to that?
1: Yeah, or even communicating like Kristen's example of her showing up in the wrong shorts. So now every time, like, if she makes a new friend and she's not sure what to wear, so like, let's say we're new friends and I invite you over. She could say, "Hey, what's a, what what are people dressing like? I I have a childhood trauma of wearing the wrong thing
0: and I <laughs> and I, need to, I need to know." And then I would be like, "Oh, that's so cute. Thanks for sharing it." It would be, make me feel more likely to be vulnerable with her. Right. Yeah, I think I mean that's that's it, right? Vulnerability gives strength to yourself, but it also gives strength to others because it allows them to the space to open up and you're like, "Oh, cool." Yeah, like it really does. You well, feel weird things too, no? <laughs> <laughs> if you keep getting in the same
1: fight with somebody over something, that's when it's time to communicate too. Because yeah. I know my childhood best friend and I, I had this constant thing of like feeling like she was leaving me out. Okay. And it was to, it was me, but it took me to get to twenty nine. <laughs> To realize that it was my issue. So (laughs) that it wasn't her
0: leaving you out. No,
1: her intention was never like any time in hindsight, Mm -hmm. she was never like, hey, everyone, nobody in the world, invite Brooke. Like she wouldn't do that. Right. But because I had childhood trauma, because I grew up with cousins the same age as me, and I would feel left out anytime like there was a family event or they did something or they had a matching outfit and they didn't tell me. Like, and it started at a young age. Mm -hmm. So then when I got friendships, Like, if anybody did anything and, like, let's say she even ran into somebody at a bar and took a picture, I'd be like, she didn't invite me there, but she invited them. Like, no. And she's not, like, constantly trying to hurt me. (laughs) Yes. But I had to reel it in and realize that and even share that with her. Like, oh, I have this thing about being left out. It really hurts my feelings. And I know you're not trying to. And then I even had to ask her, hey, be patient with me because I know I'm reacting to this. Part of it is that I just want to hang out with you, and once I said that, she took that as a compliment, right? Yeah. And then we were able to work through it. To now, she's like, "Hey, I know your schedule, and I know you can't come, but I just want to make you feel invited." I'm like, "Oh, thank you." See, we were able to come to a resolution. That's beautiful. Yeah, so good. Lots of communication and awareness.
0: Yes, it's so important. And I had something to say with that, but I lost it. So. I'm not going to say it. Okay, neat. I <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to let you all know.
1: Yeah, but the, the moral of that is to like look at where you're getting mad at, at people or the mom. same oh, person. Yeah. That's what it was. I got. I got, know, I got it back to you.
0: Thank you. Um, I just think there's so many times that we internalize things and make something about us. And. It's usually not. It's usually it's just, not. And it, that usually comes from your childhood trauma. Yeah, yeah. So that's one of those, like, oh, this this happened to me. Once again, it's not happening to you. Like, right. It's not. Just take a look at it. And every scenario is not, okay, I guess
1: to, to take this a bit deeper, this is a solar plexus issue. Yes. Solar plexus houses our ego, mm-hmm. which is meant to protect us before we have an adult regulating the system. So when you are a child and you feel <laughs> hurt, the ego comes out.
0: Yeah, so that you're... Okay. To defend
1: you. Yeah. Well, to protect, defend, whatever that is. That's why when one child calls a child a poo-poo head, the other one says you're stupid. Yeah. Because it's like, <laughs> you're acting from ego. Here's mine. Got ya, Right? But as adults, we still act from ego. So for so my left out example, if I feel like, since my ego is always trying to protect me, if my ego is in overdrive and I get in a scenario where let's say I see a picture of Kristen on the internet. <laughs> With somebody else. (laughs) This didn't happen. Don't take this personally. But let's see. I I see her on the internet. My ego, if it's not in control, is immediately going to go, look, it's happening. Kristen wants to leave you out. She doesn't like you. You knew that the last time you saw her, she didn't say hi in the same way. (laughs) She didn't tell you what to wear the last time you saw her, and she's just being distant. And
0: my- you should probably be sassy to her next time. Next time, yeah.
1: But your ego's going to create this scenario and then perpetuate examples to make you believe it. Because yeah. that's the ego's job, and it's so good at what it does. You have to be mindful enough to pull yourself out of that and say, wait, Hold I'm triggered. On. My ego's is trying to help me. And I instruct people to literally do this, and I do it. And in the beginning, you're going to have to do it 100 times a day. But- yeah. Hold your solar plexus, put your hand right there, and say, ego, thank you for pr- trying to protect me, but there's an adult regulating the system. And breathe. And breathe. Then your ego is going to be like, oh, you're good? Really? And oh, it, I was I was trying to help you. Yeah. But you,
0: it seems like you're fine.
1: It literally just wants to be seen and heard. So once you start getting control of it, you will stop
0: that spinning, overthinking, the thing that tells you you need to, to fight. To fight, to like get back at this person or to make yeah. them make them feel how you're feeling right yes, now. Yes. That hurt. Because yeah. ego is vindictive. So if you find yourself losing friends,
1: losing things because you get hurt and then you get mean, you have some solar plexus work to do. You need to heal some childhood trauma and we need to look at your ego. Yes.
0: And it's just it's funny when you start to realize it and you know you practice doing that and holding on to your ego and telling it it's okay and then all of a sudden you're just gonna laugh at yourself when it happens it comes up. you're like, oh my gosh, it's happening again you know yeah oh this
1: narrative I'm not giving energy
0: to this story right you're anymore. like, okay, okay here we are because then you're aware of it and you can move on and not and how much better does that feel than spinning in for a
1: thousand directions and yes. going to hurt them I actually just realized that I'm Hey, Devin, I'm sorry. I just realized I've been doing this. I've been chasing. Okay. I'm excited to hear this. Every time I'm tidying up, I literally am like, he thinks he has a cup fairy. This man loves drinks, any drink, and he leaves cups or cans or like any type of drink container you can think of. Everywhere. Anywhere. But I'm taking it so personally. Like he's like, doing it to you. I'm walking around the house like he literally thinks that this is just what I want to do all day. He doesn't realize how hard I work. <laughs> da, 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 telling myself all this stuff. And then the other day I got dramatic. I got in my head. and I got petty. And Did a, you leave all your cups out? No. Because it drives me that crazy that I can't. <laughs> But he, one of his, like, it was like a cup from somewhere and it had fallen. And I took a picture of it and I was like, I guess the Drig Fairy forgot to pick this one up. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> and I sent it to him. And then, <laughs> two seconds later I was like whoa I'm sorry I don't know I don't I flew out of my body I'm not, for a I'm not sure what happened there but. but then I explained when I got home I was like sorry I was also PMSing in my defense okay okay but I love that like, changes
0: everything <laughs> but I literally had to
1: say like I've been really like thinking that you're doing this to trigger me or or to bother me or you don't think I have enough to do and he's like No, he's like, honestly, I just drink things and forget. And I'm like, all right, you little, now you're just being floaty. But now, once I tell him, like, he's so conscious and aware, like, that sometimes I'm not even done drinking my coffee in the morning, and he's already taking the cup downstairs.
0: (laughs) He's like, I am now the cup fairy.
1: (laughs) But I just have to think about it. Uh, Petty level 1,000 right there.
0: Yeah. You know, it's just, we just do these things. We do. And And sometimes it's
1: easiest to take them out on our partner.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like, our partners get the get the best and the worst right because you're comfortable and you're like ah. you can be frustrated at people at your job in this but you're not going to like yell at them for leaving a cup down and yeah tell them the cup fairy didn't come you're <laughs> you're just, <laughs> just going to be like ah so and so at work is such a jerk but you're not going to like actually do it get to speak it and do it and so we do that with our partners and I I feel like I have to I'm very good now at telling Halstein when i'm just being because i get very um direct uh-huh. when everything else is kind of chaotic that i'm direct and then he's like oh and i'm like this is not about you i just need this yeah i need to some control for a second you just need to be a little bit aggressive <laughs> but i love you and it's not meant towards you i'm sure he appreciates that though Gives yeah i mean it it took me a while to, to get there we had a couple of you know for you well, to duke it out, and then yeah. And now I now I know to say that, so I'm not hurting his feelings. Yeah. No, I think
1: I also see it in relationships or couples when I get to work with couples, where a lot of, like whatever side of the couple has a high stress job, mm-hmm. but they're like in a position of like they they have to maintain control of their emotions to be respected. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So either a CEO. Or like jobs where you have to stay with people like a firefighter. Okay. They're more likely to be picky, nitpicky, and mean at home because they have to hold it together at work. Yeah. But it's important for those people to communicate that to their spouse. And then for your spouse to also understand, hey, this isn't about you. It's because I haven't been able to say anything all day. All day. Yeah. Yeah. And so now I'm being more picky where I can release it, the pressure valve, which
0: is at home. Which is at home. Which um, kids do that, too. Yeah. Uh, Oh, so true. Thank you. Go. What is this podcast about? (laughs) Kids do that, too, because our kids come home. um, I'll give this example. So uh, Hazel just got, they had the last bit of school, and she got an award for outstanding behavior. And I was like, really? (laughs) 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 And which I know that she's like very good and focused, but... I mean the girl can blow up on a dime at home like she is a lot and I love her and she's great but but I'm like oh it was a really good reminder for me that she lets it all out at home and she keeps it together at school and she's a very I don't know obvious example of that but all kids do this. Yeah, All kids have like a certain degree of it. So when you're you're coming home, you know, from your day at work and then your kids are being crazy, just remember like it's their time to decompress as well, Yeah, to release, like they've had to sit in a desk and do things that people are telling them to do. And like now they just don't, maybe don't want to. They don't want another person <laughs> telling them where to sit, how to be and how to behave. Yeah.
1: They want to have a little bit of control of their own direction. Yeah. Life like for a minute. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that is so important to note because I think we can contribute to our children's like childhood trauma if we want them to act perfect at school and at home. That is when they get to the teenage years and rebel because they're like, "No, like no. I was never enough for you when I was being good, so now, so look now at this. I'm
0: doing all of the things." Yeah,
1: it's so buckle true. up. <laughs> well, then that, this is a good transition a into segue. Well, no, that was actually on topic. You're, you're doing good today. I'm not. I don't know where I am.
0: I think you're doing great. Um,
1: thank you. No, I just mean as far as being on topic for the podcast. Oh, okay. I would like to talk, I I like to talk about the trees and like maybe go on a walk. I'm glad you're taking my, taking my reins here. <laughs> but let's talk about if you are a parent or you are thinking about becoming a parent and you're like, well, now how do I avoid giving my yes. kids all
0: this trauma? Because I do think the more aware you are of your shit – the more you're like, oh my gosh, I had this conversation with my daughter and I messed her up forever. right? And like, okay, one, relax, because if you're thinking about it, you are 1,000 steps ahead of the game. Yeah.
1: You're a wonderful <laughs>
0: parent. If you can even stop and think, am I a good parent? Yeah. If you're doing that, great job. You're yeah. doing great. But the other thing is our kids have to learn lessons. Like their, their soul is also here to learn things. So if you are parenting in the best way that you can, you're doing a great job. Yeah, they chose you for a reason. Mm -hmm. Our souls choose, before we incarnate,
1: who Who. we're coming to. And so they chose you to get the lessons they're supposed to get. Carry on.
0: Yeah, no, thank you. Um, But yeah, so they're going to have to have some of these things. We cannot avoid them all. So take that pressure off of yourself. Well, it's true, because let's say...
1: They were supposed to have the trauma of maybe a hypercritical mom or something like that. But then you heal yourself enough or you hold it in, even though it's killing you and you want to be hypercritical. (laughs) They're going to get that hypercriticism from somewhere because their soul knows what it's doing. So maybe it's a coach that they have at their club team from age six to 12. Yeah. Like it's going to come out somewhere. So that's I had to learn this lesson when I can be triggered by Grayson's dad and he's Mm -hmm. maybe bad to adults but Grayson loves him and wants to be around him. So, I can't keep Grayson from him because any lessons he's supposed to have, I might as well let him get it from his dad because if I pull his dad out of his life, he's going to get it from some stranger. Yeah. In that's, that same
0: yeah, way. So, so there's true.
1: a very personal example, but
0: but yeah. And I think like we just as parents you want to like protect your kid from anything bad. It's just normal, right? It's innate. You, yeah. yeah, you're like, "Nope, come in here." But like you can't let them not do things to save them from trauma. You can't, because then that's going to be traumatic. Like you have to let them live their life and you have to let them find their way and explore things. And the best thing you can do to try to prevent you causing any trauma is just having this open communication and dialogue with them and letting them feel their feelings, um, be mad, be sad, be happy, be anxious, whatever it is, but letting them... Holding space for
1: them to come without you making it about you. Yeah. So like if your child comes to you and says, I'm sad, don't be like, well, why? You have a great life. Right. Like, give them a minute. They're human. They could be sad even with a great
0: life, just like you can be. Right. And don't go to like, I made them sad. I'm a bad mom.
1: Don't internalize it because then <laughs> now we're raising children who feel responsible for other people's emotional reactions.
0: Yes. People pleasers. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't have any of that <laughs> I don't stuff. have that either.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> but it's true. You have to raise them in a way, like hold space, let them feel their feelings, let them have their experience. Don't try to control who they are yeah. because they're not, an, yes, they're an extension of you as you're supposed to keep them safe, but your child acting a certain way doesn't define who you are. And I think a lot of parents are like, if my child doesn't act perfect.
0: People aren't going to respect me anymore. Right. And I think I think it goes a lot to <laughs> If you're a perfectionist, you want your child to be perfect. And then you're just passing that along. So we all come into life with, with parents who have had some sort of something that they're pulling down. And most likely, if you're listening to this, you're trying to break that pattern. Good yes, job for you. Yes, Thank you. Um, but we have to be aware of our stuff and we have to just, you know, allow our kids to make mistakes and do things that we maybe weren't allowed to do, which is gonna be uncomfortable, but yeah,
1: but you're breaking the pattern. You are. And mistakes are how we learn. I mean, think about the biggest lessons you've gotten in your life. There had to be a catalyst to get you there, which was an experience yeah, that helped you grow. So mistakes are not a bad thing. Let's yeah. stop trying to tell our yes. children that if they're not perfect, that it's bad. If they make a mistake and spill the milk, now they know to watch for the cup. Like it's okay to make yeah. mistakes. If they forget their homework, and they get punished for it, well, now they're going to know that they yeah. need to check their bag and make sure it's in there. I mean, there's experiences that do help you grow, but I think people are so scared or afraid to of let mistakes. their children make mistakes. Yes, some mistakes are more de- detrimental than others, but if you let them make small mistakes at an earlier <laughs> yes. age, they're going to make less big mistakes at a
0: later age. That is so true. And I think I it, this one's hard for me like because I definitely grew up doing well in school and doing, wanting everything to be right, which I've had to work really hard on (laughs) as an adult to be like, it's okay. It's okay to just try things and, and make mistakes. But I like can feel myself like almost pushing towards that. And I have to stop and be like, you know what, (laughs) if she doesn't do well in this test, that's on, yeah, yeah, that's on her. And also like, it it, doesn't matter that much if she doesn't do perfect Right. On her math test. No. no. it's true. I mean. Well, even like little things like clothing. Mm-hmm. So like I do, like I
1: care a little bit about how I look when I go out. Like mm-hmm. I do. It's there. Yes, um, me too. I like to choose my outfits. I like to feel good. I, different than like when I'm wearing athleisure during the day. But even my athleisure, I like it to look a certain way. Yeah. But Grayson, as he started to dress himself, there was days I was like, ooh, do you really want to wear that? Like when it's not <laughs> yeah. the school uniform. But he's so excited and it's like, no, Brooke, that's your story. He feels great in this. And you know what? It might take a kid asking him why he's wearing a certain thing at the park for him to maybe decide to change it later. But it's
0: not, if he feels good, who am I to say? Right. Like, we don't know, we don't know how our kids feel inside. Yeah. And it really is not going to affect my life. Like,
1: (laughs) he really likes, he's really holding on to these shorts that are too short, (laughs) that are like basketball shorts. And I'm like, I've bought him new ones. I've done... Everything in my power to get him to stop wearing them, but he likes them. And if he had his choice, he would wear those every day. And I'm like, how much is it really hurting me? Like what, if we see somebody at the grocery store, they're going to be like, oh my God, Brooke put her kid in in shorts that are two inches too short. Like, no, first
0: of all, if they are judging me on that, he dresses himself. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, it goes, that kind of goes back to like, why do you care what somebody else thinks? Because there's a lot of time and pressure that we spend on worrying about what other people think. And half the time we don't even have interactions with them. Like it doesn't 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 matter. matter. And he's not worried about that. That's my own trauma. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So So pay attention. (laughs) Give your kids love, not judgment. Yeah. Like don't judge them, love them. And if you're curious, like if you're like, okay, this is why they chose their outfit, instead of being like, that's embarrassing, go change. Right. Say, do you feel comfortable? Or maybe ask like,
0: ooh, what made you choose that? Yeah, the, I mean, this is a big one, asking them questions rather than telling them to yes to do something, which is hard when you're trying to leave the house in 10 minutes. But you want to do it as much as you can so that they're used to, one, thinking for themselves and making their own decisions because that's a thing. Well, it, like, it, like, we like to, to, well adults now that don't trust themselves are the adults that are far away from
1: intuition and can't follow their intuition. So if you ask your kid questions that allow them to tune in and get in touch with their feelings or why they chose something, they learn to trust themselves Yes,
0: and follow their intuition. Yeah, and if they feel great in it, it's fine. And then you have to breathe and understand that that's yours and go like, I'm okay. I'm okay if my kid doesn't look perfect. It's true. (laughs) Which is sometimes hard. Um, I also think it's really great to talk to them about how they're feeling, even just having conversations of when they're upset, like letting them name What kind of upset they are Like Are you feeling jealous Are you feeling Upset Because you're frustrated Because you couldn't do something Because when you're a kid There's a lot of things You can't do And that's hard It's annoying to have to help Ask for help for everything Mm -hmm. Like think about How we don't even like For one thing But a child who has to do it all (laughs) All the time and yeah, just let, giving them that vocabulary so that they can understand like what what, the what is, is happening. And I also like to go to where do you feel that in, their, in your body? Which sometimes they're like, I don't know, but at least it brings the awareness. In. Right. I think that's a great mechanism. Yeah. It for children. Yeah. We need it. Yeah. It helps because I think as adults we're trying to figure. I don't know. What do I feel right
1: now? I feel something. Yeah. Well, if you're an adult who has had to learn to even ask yourself how you feel and you didn't have the words. Give your child this now. Like, yeah. are you scared? Why are you being shy? Are you nervous? Are you, how can I support you here? Do you want me to walk up to the group of kids with you? Like, yeah, instead you of just need? being like, go, you're fine. Like, yeah, yeah, asking them
0: what they need. I feel like I was just yelling there. I, I was very passionate about that. <laughs> no, but it's it's true. And, I, and the more that you do it, the more comfortable they are just saying it to you. Like, my kids will tell me, like, I feel jealous. I feel... I feel nervous. I don't want to go. I feel nervous. Will you come with me? And, but I've really worked on giving them the opportunity to tell me how they're feeling and talk about it. And then also not immediately trying to fix it. Cause that's really hard. It's that, really hard when yeah. they're like sad and you're like, it's okay. We're going to be fine.
1: Let's just do something to make this go away. Distract them. Let's have cookies. And you, it's like, no, they don't need cookies right now. They need to learn to
0: breathe and it's okay to be sad. Yeah. They need to just cry. Yeah. Think how good you feel after a good cry. It's true. It makes the emotion go away. Yeah. So so I, that's actually what they need, not the
1: cookie. You're true. You can get cookies later a different day. <laughs> um, I had a thought, too, on that, but I lost yes, it. We're, I got we're distracted. floating around. We're floating know, around today. Good,
0: good day of floating. <laughs> this is what's happening in our brains. No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think as a parent it's hard hard to let them be sad, but you have to. Yeah. no, so. Give them space to feel it. And that is how you fix Oh No, yeah.
1: <laughs> No, it's true. Well, and forgiving yourself. Okay. So let's, if you know you're human too, and your intention is not to hurt your child. Like the other day, again, this PMS has really been getting the best of me. <laughs> uh, Grayson dropped something. It spilled everywhere. We were already in a rush and I yelled fuck. <laughs> but then I looked at him and I was like, I'm not cussing at you. I just had to get that out of my body. I just had to let it I leave. yell. And it's almost to the point where I'm like about to tell him, like, look, if you ever need to yell fuck, I got you. It's good. Like, because it does feel good to get it out of your body. <laughs> yes. Just kidding, mom. I'm not gonna let him do that.
0: Um, <laughs> not after a couple years. <laughs> a couple more years, and then you can do it. Now.
1: <laughs> uh, but it's that explanation of like, hey, and, and going back and like, let's say you do lose your shit and you yell at your kid. Yeah. Instead of like beating yourself up, like, oh my god, I caused them so much childhood trauma. How are we I, gonna get over this? Yeah, it's like, how did I do that? Talk about it. Go talk to them, like, hey mom was having a hard day and that just threw me over the edge. And so I yelled at you. I realize now I shouldn't have done it. A, it's going to teach your children like, oh, wow, I'm not always bad or wrong. Mom does love me. Mm -hmm. And B, wow, mom can say when she's wrong. I'm going to be okay saying when I'm wrong.
0: Yeah. I think it is one of the most valuable things you can do to actually like let your emotions out and then talk about it after, because that's exactly it. Like as adults, when you're trying when you're trying to heal trauma, a lot of it is because you feel like you're the only one that feels like this, or you're the only one that does this, and everybody else is right and perfect, and you're just sitting over here like doing things wrong. And if you <laughs> teach your kids that you, as an adult, are making mistakes and trying to learn and um, having outbursts, like then they're like, "Oh, okay, oh,
1: I'm okay. I don't need to be embarrassed about that."
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah. And, and eliminate shame. Yeah. Look at this. Yeah, forget it's being great. embarrassed. It's terrible. <laughs> no need. <laughs> so <laughs> should we do journal prompts? I, yeah,
1: okay. let's do some journal prompts. So maybe identify, write down your triggers and like when you're bothered as they come up so you can start to identify where
0: your childhood trauma is. Yes, and I think the more that you, if you write them down, you'll see the patterns. Yeah. And then you can kind of... Get yeah. it together and be like, okay, and then work on them.
1: Yeah, it'll be great. And then, yeah, pay attention to your reaction time and start talking to your ego. Let it know we don't need to that much protection anymore. Yeah. We're open to vulnerability. And then maybe write out some ways you can be vulnerable. Ooh,
0: I love that. Yeah, so practice your vulnerability. Um, take a peek at those triggers. And, uh, and also... Look at the triggers, especially in your relationships, I think.
1: Yeah. No, it's true. And like, try to understand, maybe your partner has some childhood trauma and it's not really all on you.
0: Yeah. I encourage you to have a conversation about um, something that does trigger you with your partner or your child. So
1: if you're sitting here and you're like, hey, I don't think I have any triggers or I'm not ready to admit them to myself, Mm -hmm. then search, what are you embarrassed about?
0: Ooh.
1: What are your most embarrassing moments from childhood? And that'll help you kind of see maybe where there's some trauma. Yeah, that's great. Call your power back to you. Thanks, I do it all day. <laughs> um, forgive your parents, forgive your teachers, forgive your friends when you're growing up. Everybody's acting from what they know at the time. Nobody was actually trying to hurt you. Even patterns of abuse are passed down through you know it being justified or thinking that's okay. So remember that um, forgiveness will heal the world. It will. So...
0: With that, bye. 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 <laughs> bye. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Balance Chaos podcast. We're so happy to have you here with us each week. Please help us out by subscribing to the show, sharing with friends, and leaving us reviews. You can also
1: follow us on Instagram. We can communicate with you there. Our Instagram handle is at
0: balancechaoslv. Reach out and we'll write back. Bye. 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 Bye.